Today's episode is brought to you by Market Street Media. I'm actually one of the founders of Market Street Media, and the reason we started it, we wanted to go ahead and build the thing that we wish had existed when we started podcasting. We wanted a physical space where you could go record a podcast with nice mics, a nice, comfortable place to record, uh, no setup of equipment, no breakdown of equipment, uh, someone close by to help out if something goes off the rails, uh, someone to help brainstorm the creative parts of your show. So everything from your show title, your artwork, your segments, to how to connect with your audience. Now, if you've batted around the idea of creating a podcast for yourself or your company, schedule a time to talk to Market Street Media. You can find Market Street Media online at marketstreet.media. That's marketstreet.media. Hey friends, and welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast, where we talk about the people, places, events, and flavors that make Johnson City, Tennessee a lovely place to live. Today, I'm diving into something new. This is my first time interviewing two people at once for our show. Now, I think it worked out fine, and I think it worked out fine in part because today's guests are also podcasters. So Pi and Christina Mushayamunda are Johnson City podcasters who produce a show called The Culture Talk Collective. Their show talks about the highs and lows, the joys and challenges, and the unique things that they encounter not only as an interracial couple, but as an intercultural couple. Now, they'll unpack exactly how those terms are different in the podcast, but I'll tease it a little here by sharing that Pi was born in Zimbabwe and spent the first 10 years of his life there before his family moved to the U.S. so his parents could pursue degrees in ministry. Christina, on the other hand, was born and raised in the U.S. Pi and Christina were great to talk to, and they care a lot about making Johnson City an even better place to live for all of us. Here's my interview with Pi and Christina Mushayamunda. Pi and Christina Mushayamunda, welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast. Thanks, Layton. I am so impressed once again that you pronounced our name correctly. You know, I give my students candy at the beginning of the year if they correctly pronounce their name. So after this, I'll go out to my car and grab a chocolate bar to give to you. Fantastic. I didn't know there were prizes in this for me. Honestly, I figured I would have more trouble saying Johnson City Living clearly <laughs> um, than Mushaya Um for, for whatever reason, on the title of my own podcast, I get tongue-tied on that. So yeah. um, anyhow, thank you guys for being here. This is a first for me. I've never done, I've never been outnumbered before on my podcast. So uh, y'all are the first ones. So uh-huh. Thank you for being kind guests, at least so far. So what I want to do today is let's talk a little bit about your story. Y'all are podcasters also, right? Yes, yeah. we are. Tell us, I've, and I've mentioned to our audience before that y'all have uh, your own show, but uh, tell us the name of your podcast. Yeah, so we are the Culture Talk Collective, and it's a podcast centering around the beauty of intercultural relationships. So I know you can't see me, but I'm white, and I'm American from Tennessee, primarily. And my husband is Zimbabwean, Mm -hmm. and he's black. He's not a white Zimbabwean, although those do exist. Mm -hmm. So we're an intercultural couple, and we're also an interracial couple. And when we were dating, we did not have any resources specifically for us as an interracial and intercultural couple that we decided once we got married and got a few years into marriage, we wanted to be that resource for other couples just to help them 
navigate all the nuances, the challenges and triumphs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you know, we were college students when we started dating and you know, I love John City because in a way it's a college town. So you have Milligan, you have ETSU, you have Appalachian Hans, you have King, Northeast State. So there's a lot of intercultural relationships because this city is literally a cultural hub. It all depends on your friendships, your your connections. So um, for us, our relationship was normal. Like mm-hmm. while we're at school, everybody's like, oh, this is awesome. But then as soon as you step outside, you go to a close town. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say the name of other towns, but John City has always been welcoming to interracial and intercultural couples. Uh, but we realized, we said, wait a second, this is not normal for other people outside mm-hmm. of the atmosphere of schools. How do we, n- number one, promote and, and, and celebrate culture, but number two, educate people? There's so many awesome people in our city that want to continue to be inclusive and to invite people that don't look like them. Yeah. And so it's one thing to, like you said, to create that relationship in the bubble of of higher education. You're in college. It's, it's in a way, it's maybe how life should be. And in a way, also, it's kind of a fantasy land, right? Oh, yeah. And so then that, that goes away when you graduate. And, and it's okay, now, you know, the, the, the safety net of our college environment, where there are other people who are experiencing similar things like this, that that Mm -hmm. goes away. And Christina, you mentioned that maybe there weren't any, any other mentors ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of want to be that voice now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I don't feel like we're qualified necessarily to be mentors, but we've been together for six years and we did have mentors in our relationship and in our life that really helped guide us. But we specifically, we actually prayed for an interracial couple to mentor us when we got married. And we did find someone at our church that we go to now. Um, We go to Calvary Church and it's a multicultural church. And I remember walking in the first time I was like, oh, there's interracial couples in here. Yeah. Hello. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like, and we were like, this is where we have to be because one day when we do have kids, we want them to be surrounded by other biracial intercultural families as well. So yes, that's my long answer to your question. <laughs> that's great. So when did you start the podcast? In our brains, we started last summer, but then I went to graduate school and so we put it on hold. Yeah. So our podcast actually launched when we launched it in 2019 the fall of 2019 yes. uh, but we had the passion and desire probably for about a year and a half to two years mm-hmm. um, you know we thought about doing a blog and then we discovered I'm a terrible writer <laughs> I am not disciplined she is that's not in- true you're a great writer you just don't do it thanks for being an amazing wife <laughs> it would <laughs> all fall the, all the responsibility would fall onto me and my wife is an <laughs> english teacher so you know how intimidating that's a that high is. standard yes. that's a high standard just for writing yes. some blog posts yeah and we figured let's have a conversation let's have let's make sure people feel like they're at home when they're mm-hmm. doing dishes or drinking coffee and let's talk about the joys and triumphs of intercultural interracial relationships and we share our story. You know, I share mm-hmm. my story about dating interracially for the first time in college and my my experience and how it was tough. And I always tell people, like, I kind of, you know, we're, we're Christians. And I was like, God, I'm done with this. This was hard. Wow. And then this beautiful white girl comes up two years later and, you know, she... Uh, demolishes all the all the stereotypes, not stereotypes, but my experiences. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm just thankful uh, for this platform because we know there's other couples 
uh, that have the same story. Yep. And so not just a podcast, but we want to create a community, a collective. And, you know, hopefully this year we'll be announcing we want to do events yeah. to where we can bring people together. And you don't have to be a mono, monocultural relationship. So Leighton, you and your wife are do- totally invited. <laughs> Um, but we want people to feel like it's heaven on earth. You yeah. know, the Bible says one day every tribe, tongue, and nation. And I believe that Johnson City can do the same thing. Yeah. You know, we want to bring people together and to celebrate one another uh, because unity is, is not just conformity, right? Yeah. Unity is, is a celebration of diversity. Yeah. And we're thankful that we get to do that. One of the things I've started to do is I do subscribe to uh, podcasts from people that have just completely different backgrounds than I do, mm-hmm. um, because I just want to uh, I want to understand. Like I want to yeah. I want to get to know people um, that live a completely different life, even mm-hmm. in our own city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can live a completely different life from your neighbor just mm-hmm. based on a lot of different things: uh, the color of your skin, your sexual orientation, your um, your family background. There's mm-hmm. there's so many different ways that uh, that change the way we see the world, or not change, but impact the way we mm-hmm. see the world. Definitely. And uh, to me, it's just helpful to uh, to understand those, get to know those people at some level. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you chose a podcast over blogging because I'm sitting here thinking a blog may almost come across as um, like an argument or mm. an opinion or a like oh. a position piece, you know. Right. Rather, whereas a, a podcast seems much more collaborative, much mm-hmm. more conversational, and you're inviting your, your listeners into a conversation with you rather than, um, here's this, you can take it or leave it, and agree or disagree. I, I, you're an English teacher. I'm curious on your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's really why another reason why we decided to do a podcast over writing a blog, because we realized it was really the conversations that were driving our desire and our passion to start a podcast because we have, especially, you know, we're best friends and we talk all the time. I don't know who talks more than the other. It must depend on the day, but we were having all these amazing conversations with our, between the two of us, but also among friends about, for instance, you know, some experiences that we've had in the surrounding areas. I did actually write, I used to write a blog and I did write a blog piece, blog post one time about someone who called my husband the N-word in front of me. And he only said it loud enough to where I could hear. And I was livid and I thought about attacking him, but I realized Tennessee was an open carry state. So I decided not to, and I'm only five foot zero. Another important thing to note. But I did write a whole blog post about it, and it was actually one of my most shared blog posts. It was a great opinion piece, but, you know, it only went so far. Whereas yeah. podcasts, you can keep the conversation going, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're young, and we're learning and growing. And I feel like a podcast has the opportunity to bring other people to voice about their, learn, uh, their growth yeah. as well. Um, because we all know in the next 10, 20 years, our opinions are going to change. Mm-hmm. And I think our podcast isn't uh, more so like, here's what we know, follow these steps. It's more of like, hey, follow us along in this journey yeah. in our relationship. And number two, you're not alone. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we want people to not be alone. Um, you know, first season, we felt that way. Mm-hmm. But this podcast alone has... Um, revealed so many amazing intercultural couples, not just in our city, but around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but 
our the city is our main is our home base is our hub and yeah. we want to make sure that we're providing value well and that that not being alone thing i think is is huge and you give people a a place where they can come you, they can tune into your show and go okay they're they're talking about the same things that that i experience mm-hmm. um and also just when you're when you're looking for something you you see it more often right and oh, yeah. so it gives people something to latch on to uh, i'm Pi, you and i talked about it. i mentioned to you that that uh we have intercultural relationships inside our our home interracial relationships my son is was born in africa we adopted him when he was almost two oh, um awesome. and it wasn't until he became part of our family that everywhere we go i see other families that look like ours wow mm-hmm. it's it's more common than than we realize mm-hmm. we think it's a unique experience for us and to, to a certain extent it is but but you know you you get tuned in to see um similar situations i'm curious about you mentioned uh, the relationship is intercultural and interracial and there is a difference there right um describe the difference between intercultural and interracial to me yeah i like how christine's pointing at me Um, (laughs) he's the sociologist i know Um, i'm the psychologist i'll psychoanalyze you (laughs) he'll explain why yeah um, power couple so you know when it comes to culture i am a third culture kid so we talk about that last time late and then um, if you're a listener, you don't know what third culture kid essentially is. If you are part of two dominant cultures in your life, so for me, I was born in Zimbabwe, moved to the States when I was 10 years old. Um, so our home primarily is like the Zimbabwean embassy. Mm-hmm. Like I still speak our language, um, eat our food. Like my parents have been so intentional about ingraining Zimbabwean values within the American experience. However, a lot of my formative years have been in America. Right. So the third culture part comes in to where it's a it's a benefit, but it's also, you know, sometimes it could be, I can say, it could be lonely. So the third part is that you feel like you can relate with your American counterparts, with your Zimbabwean counterparts, or African counterparts. Um, I've had the uh, blessing to be able to blend in so many different spaces yeah. because I can relate. Even my accent, it doesn't sound like I'm from Zimbabwe. Right. But if I start speaking to Africans, it changes just like that yeah. with my family. Um, that's a benefit, right? But the sad part, if we're not intentional for us third culture kids, is we can feel like we don't belong. Sure. We feel lonely because at the end of the day, people will are drawn to where they belong, right? Um, so there's been times in my life where I felt like I'm not African enough or times in my life where... I don't feel like I'm American enough. So you're in this weird third space. Um, and so that's something that is important to me. And I'm thankful to have people in my life that are also third culture kids to relate with. But also our kids, like how are we going to raise our kids one day? Um, because, you know, I've been raised as a Zimbabwean in America. Our kids are going to be Americans. So what good values of our culture are we going to bring uh, from Zimbabwe and then what awesome vows of American culture are going to bring and that's that's why I love our relationship is we get to take the best of both worlds and I'll give you a, a, an awesome example so when we when I proposed you know in Zimbabwean culture you have to ask your uncle so the youngest so my dad's the oldest so you have to ask your uncle so the youngest uncle in the family wow so I went to my uncle asked and I said hey I'd like to marry this beautiful girl so my uncle takes it to the next brother or sibling 
and it goes all the way um, to my parents. So the entire family ends up knowing first, and in a way, they they are like the checks and balances. Yeah, yeah. Making sure that number one, I'm I'm in the right frame of mind to get married. Hey, Pi, like, you got a job, man? Like, hey, you gonna take care of this girl? Yeah. So they're trying to protect her, not me, her. Yeah. Um. So I talked to my uncle. So we ended up um, deciding. So actually, let me track back. So my dad finds out, and, he said, and I said, hey, I'm going to go to um, my in-laws, future in-laws' hometown to ask for the hand of marriage. And he says, hold on. You're forgetting something. I said, what? You have to go with your uncle. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, in our culture, he has to come with you as an advocate. Oh, wow. You know, he is a person that represents your family not you because obviously it's easy to represent yourself and yeah. your family you yeah know, i can go and say oh i'm gonna do all these amazing things but having another person an uncle is a whole different story my thorough culture kid came in the moment i saw the benefit but at the same time i was thinking um in the perspective of my dad and i was like i hope he doesn't think i am um less of a man or I don't have what it takes. I have to bring my uncle who's like 6'4". Because my dad is very intimidating. <laughs> yeah, I know, He's a right? very intimidating <laughs> he person. He really is. So I, so I started like not fighting with my dad. I was like, bad, but you just don't understand. In American culture, you go by yourself. Yeah. You have to show like you got what it takes. You know, it's yeah. American mentality. Yeah. And dad's like, no, 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 bye. This is the way we do our things. This is our culture. Um, <laughs> and, I, and being an African kid, no matter how old you are, you can be 18 or 34, you say yes to your parents. Yeah. So I was like, yes, Dad. So I take my, my uncle with me, and, um, you know, I do the, the speech to, you know, we're at a Mexican restaurant, and I tell my uh, future dad-in-law how much I love his daughter and my plan and all that stuff like that. And then uh, my uncle starts speaking. He says, hey, look, I'm not here for pie. <laughs> I'm here for Christina. I'm here to represent our family. Yeah. Um, we're here to provide covering for your daughter. Yeah. If Pi screws up, we're going to get him. Uh, um, yeah. You know, any issues that arise will come through me, and we'll make sure that we hold him accountable. Yeah. Um, and he's also a dad to a daughter, so he was able to share and say, look, my, my daughter's young, and I'm going to be in your place one day. Um, so that was my dad-in-law always talks about that. That yeah. was the most meaningful moment to him. So he was able to use that aspect of our culture uh, for when his other children got married. Yeah. He said, hey, look, I love the way that the Musha and Mundus do it. Um, so when his son got married, he was his, he was a, he was a wingman. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of the culture that they've incorporated, Yeah, you know, of accountability, of trust. That's um, so interesting. Yeah. And but it was thankfully to my dad, he said, hey, we need to do this. But for me, it was a weird place. I was in this middle. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to our our family, we are we want the best of, of both worlds, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a great that's a great example. I'm curious, Christina, what's a practical example, real life example of of a, an intercultural difference uh, that 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 you run up against. <laughs> That was eye-opening for you. Like a, laughing. I'm <laughs> laughing because now I'm going to have to go through my Rolodex of differences. I, do, I don't even know if anybody will get that reference. That's <laughs> oh, Right, Rolodex, right. The right. Rolodex, Go through yeah. my contacts. Go through my contact right. list. Um, 
Oh goodness, where do I? Which one do I want to pick? Time. Um, I mean, there's so many things you can talk about. Yeah. Um. Well, here's one. This is I mean, this is one we discuss quite often. The difference in dependency and interdependence and independence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, there's a common proverb, and I don't know which country of Africa it originates from, but it says the nail that gets that sticks out gets hammered down, and the and in America, you know, they value individualism and independence, and so for instance, applying for jobs, I was always told the squeaky wheel gets the oil, so you want to squeak. You either right. get the oil or you get removed. Right. Something happens. So I was telling my mother-in-law about applying for jobs when I was finishing graduate school. And I said, yeah, I, you know, I sent in my application for this place. And then I emailed the principal and just shared how much I enjoyed working at this school. And because I did my internship there and she's like, ah, you, you, you reached out to him and emailed him. And he never responded, which was fine because I assumed he was a very busy man. But I wanted to make sure that he knew I was applying and I was very interested in getting hired. And she was so shocked that I would do such a thing. And so it was funny to look and compare because she's like, I would never do that in Zimbabwe. You just wait. You wait to hear back from somebody. You don't want to make yourself stand out. But here I'm like, you have to stand out because if you don't stand out, no one's going to find you. No one's going to see you. That's why everybody has purple hair at one point in their life. Mm -hmm. So that's one fun, that's, that's one fun difference is just that independence and individualism versus communalism. But the beautiful thing about combining these two cultures, like Pai said, you've got this, the best of both worlds. Like I'm way more relationship oriented because of my husband being like, hey, we, we got to be about relationships because I'm just sometimes I can be all work, no play. And he's like, mm-hmm. but we got to play sometimes. We got to yeah. be around people sometimes. So that's one one example. I mean, we could. How much time do you have? We have we have so <laughs> much should, time. You should give one more relational example. A relational maybe. example between yeah. the two of us. Yeah, we can talk about um, the way that we uh, predict time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. Well, and it's funny because one of my friends was like, "I'm really worried for one day when you two have children because you never show up anywhere on time already. When you have kids, it's going to get even worse." And so. I'm I'm like, hey, like, for instance, on our anniversary, we went, we went to go see Frozen 2 yeah. because we are adults who wanted to go see Frozen 2. And I was like, okay, so the movie starts at 7, so we need to leave at 6.20, so we get there by, like, 6.40, so we have time to get in line, get our tickets, get popcorn, and be in our seats at 7 because your girl likes the previews. Yeah. My husband's like, okay, sounds good, plays FIFA for a long time. And it's 6.40. He's like, all right, let's go. And I was like, we were supposed to leave 20 minutes ago. We ended up missing Frozen 2. Oh. Mainly because they sent us in the wrong theater. We watched for some 20 reason, minutes of the, the end of, of Frozen, Frozen 2 instead of the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And so we have such a difference in time. And thankfully, we're slowly getting to a place where we can cooperate. So there's a saying that in Africa, we own time. And that people in America are slaves to time. So wow. I yeah. like to tell her that, look, I'm, I'm just the owner of time. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, but I have to be, I have to be <laughs> a slave to my time. If I'm not in my classroom by 730. Exactly. I'm in trouble. Oops. Exactly. Uh-huh. It is wild. It's, it's, we, we do live in a, in a very appointment driven, um, time centered mm-hmm. culture. 
and mm-hmm. you know there are only so many hours in the day and we're going to squeeze every last every little bit uh, we can out of the days tell me about you all no christina you did not grow up in johnson city no i moved here in 2011 when i started college okay and pi you grew up in johnson mainly so from, was, the, from uh, the time you were 10 so we moved from the united states we moved to winston-salem north carolina okay so we lived um, from 2002 to 2007 when Winston-Salem, North Carolina. A whole different cultural demographic, honestly, sure. um, than the Appalachian Highlands or you want to call it the Tri-Cities. Yeah. So, you know, got accustomed, you know, you know, had the culture shock thing, moving to a different country. You know, I spoke British, Zimbabwean English. So I said, um, you know, toilet. I said... Um, all the different different words. I still say squirrel. Weird. <laughs> People think I'm weird. So there's certain. And what day of the week is tomorrow? Tomorrow's Tuesday. Yeah. So I say Tuesday instead of Tuesday. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I went through you know your normal cultural things. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think I figured it out. I'm in Winston Salem. I think I can blend in. You know, I've assimilated the, the accent. I'm good to go. And then my parents say, Hey, we are moving to Elizabethan, Tennessee. And I, we said, what, Tennessee? I'm not, who do I want to move to Tennessee? We just moved from Zimbabwe a few yeah. years ago. And uh, so I always joke because we moved to, so I went to Elizabethan High School my junior and senior year. And the school that I went to in Winston-Salem was, you know, predominantly African-American. Yeah. And then just flip it. Yeah. In Elizabethan. <laughs> yeah. So I always feel like I'm God's social experiment. Uh, you know, it's like, let me see if this works out. Let me take this kid from Africa to North Carolina to North Carolina to Tennessee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, thankfully, the seminary, Emmanuel Christian Seminary at Milligan, is what brought us here. My uh, parents right. are both um, in the ministry. And um, if it wasn't for Emmanuel, it wouldn't be in this area. And yeah. then we ended up moving to Johnson City. Yeah. So I went to Milligan for undergrad and then my master's um, um at uh, ETSU. Uh, so I've been here since 2007, and I, I can say that I've seen a drastic change. Just the culture dynamics, just, I mean, it's incredible. Oh my gosh, um, but even since 2011, too, yeah. the downtown has boomed. There was nothing to do when, mm-hmm. when I first moved here. And I feel, and it's more diverse. Like mm-hmm. Coming from my perspective, um, imagine going to Walmart in Elizabethan, and people are just like, what in the world? Yeah. I mean, I felt like we're one of the <laughs> yeah. pioneers. I know we weren't, uh, but just seeing the culture dynamic of the city is is incredible. And it makes us want to plant our mm-hmm. roots here uh, because we enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about what y'all do here in Johnson City. I know, Christina, you teach right. high school English. Is that right? Yes, ninth grade English. Okay. Uh, was that always the career track or? I had wanted to be a teacher since I was five, but then I lost my way a little bit. <laughs> And then I came back to it. You mentioned that so psychology degree. So uh, yes. was that a an option at some point? Yes. I seriously considered going into social work, but then I thankfully took a class that was too emotionally heavy for me and made me realize that was not the right track for me because I'm not great at compartmentalizing. It's so, intense work. Yes. But Very. I love having my psychology background too because it helps me as a teacher and just as you know, in our intercultural relationship and just as a citizen of the world, because I have a lot more empathy for people because I can understand sometimes your brain's not always working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. working yeah. the way it's supposed to sometimes, and yeah. that's okay. And so it's important, especially working in a school system, to understand the importance of mental health. And so that 
really helps me be more empathetic with my students. That's one thing we talk through with our kids. You know, they're, we hear about, you know, this kid or that kid is, is cutting up in class or causing mm-hmm. problems or, or picking on them or whatever. And we have tried to teach them. I don't know if it's sticky or not, that some kids just have bad days. And some kids mm-hmm. live in oh places goodness. that live yeah. in places and in, in, in environments that, that we can't understand and wouldn't Absolutely. want to, um, to experience on our worst day. And, and, you know, and yet the kids have to show up to school and right. perform every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's good. There's a lot, a lot going on. Can I say adults have bad days too? I'm allowed <laughs> to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. just learned how to cope. Some of us have learned how to cope a little bit better when we have to show up and perform yeah. or we call in sick. Yeah. <laughs> Air quotes. And Pi, you're involved in a ministry here. I am. Right? Tell I us am. about your work. Um, so I'm the chief operating officer at Good Samaritan Ministries. Um, so if you don't know much about us, um, our mission is just to combat poverty, um, to serve uh, the homeless, the under-resourced families and individuals in our community. Uh, so I've been, that's been my first big boy job, actually. I started in 20, 2016 after grad school, and uh, I was a programs director there. And, and um, in 2019, I became the COO. Um, but the heart really is, is not just in serving, you know, it's how do we partner with people that not might be like us um, socioeconomically and, and show them that they have a gift, they have something to offer to the community. Um, so it's not just about like, hey, let's just make sure this person is fed. But it's like, hey, how can we equip you so that um, you can serve others so that you can feed other people one day? And um, so I've been, been doing this work uh, for a while and I love it because um, you know, I don't have a same day every single day. I get to meet incredible people. Um, I'm, you know, we're talking about people from the rural areas of John City, people, um, the homeless downtown. And uh, the beauty is that everybody has a story. And uh, the challenge is how do we uh, get people at the same table um, to contribute and, and to share um, in our city? Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, let's do a quick lightning round. I'm going to dream up some questions <laughs> oh, here. Stress. We, we talk. All right. And y'all can, I need, I need y'all to both chime in on these. All right. Okay. I'm just going to make some notes here. So, um, if you had to eat one meal in Johnson city for the rest of your life, what would it be? The one. drunken goat burger at label. Oh, oh. You, with Parmesan fries and garlic. Aioli sauce. That's, that, <laughs> is our, that, that is our favorite money. meal. Like yes. I eat that. Can I, can I share the same? I've peeped on your Instagram and I've seen you cooking up Zimbabwean classics oh, in yeah. your home kitchen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so you do like a, a taste of home every now and then. Oh, uh, it's, it's amazing. That's my favorite food by far. Yeah. It's yeah. my favorite food. But in Johnson city, I will have to say the drunken goat burger with a garlic Parmesan fries for sure. And then sometimes we need a basket of fries just to supplement the side of fries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to come up short on fries no, there. For sure. Y'all are relatively newly. When did y'all get married? In December of 2016. Okay. So y'all yeah. have been at this for a couple of years. My we dad says it. once you make it to your, is it your third, third. anniversary? He said third. Then you're set for life. Have we made it to our third? Or is yes. that this coming year? We made it to our third. Yes, we have. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the, the first year is everything's new. Second year, the new has worn off. Yes. And now you're really seeing what it's like to live with somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Warts and all. And then by the third year, you kind of know, all right, all right, we can do this. This is, yeah. is going to be good. Uh, favorite spot for a long weekend or vacation? In Johnson City? No, just in general. The world is your oyster. The world is our the oyster? World. Well, we haven't traveled outside of the United States as a couple 
yet. We're looking forward to doing that Going back soon. To For a long weekend. Ooh. We are fans of Asheville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about, you know, we try to do getaways. So a lot of our getaways are situated around the, the mountains in mm-hmm. North Carolina. Because um, it's not too far. Plus, we all know, like, the Asheville scene was lots of food, lots of activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also beach people. But to answer your question, for me personally, I, I'm excited to take Christina back to Zimbabwe. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Victoria Falls. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah. Um, went there a lot as a kid. And I would love to take my family one day and say, hey, look, this is part of my upbringing. This is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So. Yeah. It might take a little bit more than a long weekend to get to oh, Zimbabwe, yeah, no. but we would definitely spend a long weekend at Vic Falls, and that would yeah. be really fun. That's true. But yeah, aside from Asheville, I would say Charleston as well. We've oh, sure. been to Charleston once or twice, mm-hmm. and we had a good time, but we didn't get to, we just stayed at the beach when we went. So we want to explore the, the history of the city, the history of the city as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to stay downtown sometime. Yeah. And do everything on foot. It's just it's fantastic. What's one thing people would be surprised to learn about you? I have slightly webbed toes. <laughs> <laughs> My wife tongue her out. That's always like my that's always my two truths and a lie. I, I do have slightly webbed toes and it was it was really hard for me in the second grade on silly sock day because oh, everybody got to wear toe socks except for me because it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> so yeah. thanks for calling real. me out. No one's no one's gonna notice though. Now everybody at the farmer's market on a Saturday morning right. is gonna be Don't like, let me see her feet. Right. <laughs> there's there's old duck foot over there. Yeah. What about you, Pat? Um, I already mentioned it. Um, that I can switch accents like it's normal. Like, not cool. like if mm-hmm. I were to go to a different city and have a new name, my name could be, I don't know, Pediwanashe Mushaimunda. And just sound from Zimbabwe, I just got off the plane, people would believe me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can yeah. start speaking the accent right now if you guys want, just to see. Um, do the uh, do uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. I uh, cannot do accent. that. <laughs> okay, so, so, okay, so no. tell me a little bit about... The food in Zimbabwe. Oh, man. So I got the, the food is amazing. So my favorite thing about the food is that you have the sadza, which is like a cornstarch, and then you have the greens, which is called muriwo in our language. It's called muriwo. So you have the sadza, the muriwo. And then you have the meat, which is called nyama. So if you can say nyama, which means meat. And, um, and after a long day, you don't, need, you don't need more than, you know, one meal. You just need... One meal and you'd be set for for an entire day. And what's the spice that you put on the meat to uh, make roiko. it flavorful? Roiko is incredible. I love roiko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully that that helped. You slid right into that. Yeah. And the funny thing is, because I've been with her so long, sometimes I end up speaking Shona our language, and then she's like, "Hold up, man!" Like, I don't know if you caught it, but he actually started speaking Shona. He says Saka at the very beginning yeah, of what he was saying, cool. which is kind of just like a an utterance that you put in between like so yeah. or yeah. then or something like that right yeah yeah yep. you got it look at her that's really interesting how about for each of you one person who's had a big influence on your life i'm gonna say my dad um and you know a big reason why i can be comf- uh, confident in my identity now culture identity is because he reminded me who i was in seasons where as a teenager you don't know where you belong he would say, hey, this is my name, Padiwa Nashe, means what God wanted. Mm. Uh, so, you know, my dad, so all of our, all my siblings have long names. Yeah. And 
there at the end there's the word ishe which means god so like you know so everybody has been purposely named because that's a cultural value yeah is your name is your future and your identity yeah so you're named intentionally so um he's helped um reaffirm who i am in times where sometimes you question and sometimes you wish that you didn't have a long name you know when yeah. you're in fifth grade and you have a 12 letter name and the teacher is yeah. looking at that roll call and they're like i can't do this and you're like man just call me joe i wish my name was joe yeah uh, but i'm proud of it of it now and i think this is why we even have this podcast is a product of intentional mm-hmm. uh visitation of, of of our language of 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 um yeah just our identity so i'm thankful for that absolutely i'm gonna be cheesy and say my husband um mainly because you know i think you know you, you kind of change who you are every 10 years i would say so and we've been together for the better part of six out of 10 years so almost there and i have been out of my comfort zone the entire six years and not to say that in a bad way but to say like my worldview has completely opened and changed and i came into our relationship already pretty open-minded i think but he's Pi has really helped me to understand the world in a more nuanced way. Mm-hmm. And it completely changes the way that I interact with the people around me and the way I interact with my students, even my, you know, especially my students of color and my white students. Um, I'm a lot more open about race among my, my students, which always leads to really fun conversations because it depends on how diverse my class is when we read books like The Hate You Give. Yeah. Um, by Angie Thomas, which is a black author, and it's about a black boy who gets shot by a white police officer. And so we're in the middle of reading that right now. And so it's very uncomfortable for me as a white teacher to be teaching this book. But it's awesome because I can come home and be like, okay, my students had this question. How do I respond? Or he gives me great insight into understanding the world from both lenses. Friends, um, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for coming into the studio here and being on our show. Um, what's coming up on, on your podcast? We're towards the end of our first season. We're currently on a hiatus because life is a little bit crazy right now, so we've not had time to work on our podcast, um, exactly. taking a couple weeks off here and there, you know, mm-hmm. winter winter break. Yeah. Um, but as we are closing up season one, we're just ca- kind of having conversations about intercultural relationships and then as we move into season two we are going to be interviewing other interracial couples and intercultural couples whether preferably married couples um just because it's easier they're dating it would be kind of awkward if let's say they broke up yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so those are the things that we've got coming down the down the pipe in a couple of months yeah and you know one of the things that we're passionate we love food food is so important we love people yeah. And we want to create a gathering space for mm-hmm. intercultural families. Um, so if it's okay if I can do a little blur, but we'd yeah. love to, if they can go to our website, theculturetalkcollective.com, and, or like us on Instagram, theculturetalkcollective, and, and uh, sur- uh, subscribe to our mailing list. We'd love to keep you posted on some local events that mm-hmm. we'll, be, we'll be hosting. And that's, for me, that's what I'm really passionate about. Yeah. Is I want to get to meet new people in our city. Yeah. Um, there's so many amazing people and uh, we want to bring them together, have great food, and maybe I can cook, uh, cook some salsa for you, Layton. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. I would absolutely love it. I, 
I totally agree with you that, and, and the reason I do this podcast is there are so many things going on in this town and so many people that have amazing stories yeah. and so much happening in this town that, that so few people know about really cool things happening yeah. in this town. What y'all are doing is one of them. And mm-hmm. so thank you for being one of the, uh, two of the people, places, events, and flavors that make Johnson city, a lovely place to live. So thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Layton. Okay, that's our show for today. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Johnson underscore city underscore living. And if you have an idea for a future episode of the podcast, shoot me an email at news at johnsoncityliving.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you around town.